0: I was like just pacing around my my bedroom and listening to the book and like two hours into the book. I was like Holy shit, Yannis, You've been such an idiot
1: Hi, I'm Philip and welcome back to careers 2.0 If I were to talk with my guest just a few years ago I would have been talking with a middle manager at an international corporation So what happened to Yanis? that he managed to quit his job, move to sunny Spain with his family, work from his laptop, and now teaches people a skill that he himself didn't know he had just a few years ago. Let's find out.
0: Hi, Anis, thank you so much for joining. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Early morning. Finally, I'm talking with somebody who's like in the same country that I am. Same time zone. Yeah, absolutely. Because usually I talk with like people from states and stuff, and then
1: it's like super <laughs> late for me or something like that. So it's 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 nice to be. You know, I, I actually enjoy it. I, I go 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. to the office, uh, and and then it's completely empty. Studio is all mine. And I'm just, that actually brings me some pleasure. I don't know. So you're a night owl, I assume. Definitely. Definitely night owl. Okay. I'm the opposite. So yeah. Okay. Listen, let's start with a background on you. I'm really I think it could be an inspiration conversation for a lot of people who like you have been in corporate world. Uh so I want to know how an IT project manager becomes a content creator. <laughs> uh sure, I can I can give a
0: bit of a bit a bit a bit of a background. Uh so yeah, it's been like just to to go back, I think I've been a full-time creator for around one and a half years. Before that, I was in IT for around eight, eight, nine years, uh, more or less. I kind of started with some sort of technical role. Uh, yeah, and after a couple of years, it just kind of got bored, wanted to spice things up and uh, started to move up in some sort of managerial position. just because, you know, that kind of mm. felt, <laughs> felt that I, I want to do it and I had the opportunity to do it, you know, when you work in these super large IT companies you have the flexibility you know to to express what you want and just kind of try out different roles so so that's how i kind of stumbled into project management uh but at the same time when i when i felt this a bit like huh i feel kind of stuck you know it's the same thing all all over again and uh, that was around the time when one of my colleagues said hey do you want to go to this college type of thing you know it's business psychology you know let's learn a bit of business a bit of psychology i was like ah i feel you know kind of stuck you know whatever let's do it you know sounds like uh, could yeah. be useful in regardless where i where i move uh in my life so i kind of went there and actually the school made a big switch and my switch into the creator economy because uh there was one subject which was this um, create a business idea or something like that basically the whole the whole thing of that lecture was like hey in a week you need to come and you need to present a business idea and I don't know what, but some sort of switch happened in my brain, you know, because I've always have been this entrepreneur, you know, I always talk about ideas and this and that, but never really yeah. do anything about it. You know, just just be this this big talker, uh, but not, not big of a doer. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know what kind of switch happened, but I was like, hey, Giannis, you know, let's figure out actually a business idea which you can start right now, you know, with your nine to five job, you know, without any investment because i didn't have any like whatever you know so something that you can actually start as a side business not this aspirational whatever i will build you know next facebook or something and then just dream about it and never do anything and that was like during that week i kind of went on the rabbit hole okay what i could actually do and I, and i somehow i stumbled upon this online business thing and i and i got like really and really curious about like okay people are making money online you know there's this and that and just kind of went on a rabbit hole and that was around I think five years ago from from this moment. So it was like not the early early days, but it was like pretty early. And uh and yeah, whatever. I made some sort of business plan. It was something about Pinterest or whatever. You know, none of that happened. But but what but, but really happened was this spark, you know, this this new dream, this new like possibilities and whatever like I got really hooked into that with the idea of visualization, or it was completely something else, completely elsewhere? No, it, it was just the aspiration to make a living online. That was basically the 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 kind of the desire, the aspiration I had back then. I, I didn't have any clue, do I want to be a content creator? I didn't even know that it was a thing. It was more like I want to live this laptop lifestyle, you know, I want to, I want to be my own boss. I want to live, I want to live from my laptop and and that was kind of the dream back then. And then I stumbled upon the four hour work week, you know, which I'm sure like all creators pretty much have read and referenced to. I think that's where it started for me. That's where I first saw the idea too. Really? Yeah. I'm not a big reader. I, I didn't read any books previously and I still remember I was listening to that book and I was like two hours into that book, I was like just pacing around my my bedroom and listening to the book and like two hours into the book I was like holy shit Janis you've been such an idiot meaning that just there was so much things you know that going on that I didn't know anything about and and at that point I was like you know in my mid early twenties kinda feeling like you know I understand life I'm pretty smart this and that and that was just like huge slap in the face that there's so much to learn and so much to do And yeah, everything changed since then, you know, and since then kind of to move fast forward, I was reading a bunch of books. I was trying like different ideas. I was trying a bit of blogging. I even tried like to partner with some sort of guy from USA to build a SaaS app, Uh, tried journals and like various different things, YouTube, podcasting, like very short amount of time, basically do like a couple of YouTube videos Mm -hmm. and a couple of podcast episodes and like, eh, not for me. And that kind of dragged on for around four years i think i was still working in my job and i'm just being curious about all this creative stuff and just reading books trying different things and just basically having fun when does the fun stop when did you realize that it's no longer fun fun really have never stopped like two years back i was kind of just getting real with myself in terms of like hey Yanis you know you've tried these different things and you're kind of just trying to have fun and you do things you know that feels like progress but it's not actually progress you don't like figure out how to build an audience or whatever you just do things that are interesting to you which is fine and cool and you Mm -hmm. can have hobbies but i had this desire you know i want to do this full time so how can i make it happen and uh, yeah around two years ago there was just just this commitment that hey janice you know really try to figure out and commit you know try to take this seriously enough of like dabbling and you doing do it as a hobby you know try to figure out and and commit and it came around the same time when I discovered my curiosity for visuals and those things kind of happened at the same time and yeah since those two years I started publishing daily Uh, visuals started finally to gain some progress you know some audience came in you know some comments came in I was like oh my god interesting I, I, I started to like connect with other different people and that was extremely
1: liberating, because previously I was just lone wolf, you know. So have you had any background in uh, art, uh, visualizations, uh, anything, illustration? Well, I, uh, my secondary school was
0: mixed with interior design. I kind of usually say that I don't have any design background, because like, okay, I learned some stuff there, but I don't know how much it influences actually the stuff I do, you know, a lot of, I guess what I could say, yeah, you, I don't know, you definitely don't need to be a designer to do this, this type of thing, which I'm doing, Mm -hmm. which is mostly like explaining ideas visually, you know, when it, when, when things go through like really fancy illustrations or something super creative, or I don't know, then I think you, you need that sort of stuff. And I don't have the skill set to do any, (laughs) like those type of things, but like explaining ideas
1: visually, it's pretty easy. Bag was another, like a a moment when you realize, so the first one being, okay, I want to now create a business, be on my own, live the laptop life. And then the second bug, when you found your thing, was it such a eureka moment as well, when you realized, oh, the visualizations, this is the thing that I want to do. And that's what made you do it daily, or it was something else that made you commit to this particular idea?
0: Well, yeah, Well, I, I think the commitment came a bit after I discovered visuals. And, and it's a good question, which you are asking here, because Previously, when I did like YouTube, blogs, all these type of things, they are like really hard actually, you know, they take quite a lot of time and I struggle quite a bit with perfectionism, you know, and when you try to make a video similar to Matt Diavella, you know, it will take you a freaking week (laughs) just to make that one video and it's it's, 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 it's not easy and it's very unsustainable, Uh, at least it was for me, you know, because like family, kids, your nine-to-five job, it just felt really hard to be consistent with it. Same with like writing. Writing does not come easy for me. And like making blogs as well felt like an uphill battle. All those things which I did previously, they kind of felt like an uphill battle. And when I discovered visuals, like there was three basically triggers which which put me on the visual path. First, uh, first trigger was you probably have read uh, either book or blog posts by James Clear. And if you have noticed in his yeah, in his blog posts, he sometimes uses some sort of illustrations, you know, very simple XY graphs or something like that, just to kinda emphasize some of his concepts or explain a bit better. And that was the first time when I kinda got this idea like, hey, you can actually like explain an idea just with a visual and a couple of words. Like that's really cool. It's really interesting. And that was the first hook. And then the second hook for me was when I discovered Jack Butcher. I don't know if you know know him, mm-hmm. but he's like pretty big on Twitter and on Instagram. Visualize value, of course. Yeah, visualize value brand. Just these super simple black and white, bl- black and white visualizations. And I think he was like when I discovered him, he was around two years into his journey. So he was doing it as a full time thing, and he was like basically proving to me that this actually can be a full time thing. You know, you don't need to do it like James Clear that this is a supplementary thing to your blog posts. But Jack Butcher kinda proved that this can be like your yeah. main thing. And basically he all all his business was made and and the audience was built on these visuals, just sharing these quotes with visuals and whatnot. And and that was a big kinda I guess it really helped to strengthen my belief that I could do it. Because when you look at these Jack Butcher visuals, you know, there is this weird sense that oh <laughs> Every, anybody can do it, you know, it feels like super easy, at the same time, it's like really hard actually to come up with those concepts, it's not that easy, but I can see and everybody can see like how how you can get that feeling, anybody can do it, you know, so, so whatever, I'll, I'll do the same, seems like a good business. There was another like visual artist, which really sparked my kind of desire to pursue this, and which is uh, on Instagram, they are quite big, uh, it's an account called Liz and Molly, and they mostly create content around feelings at work, you know, various feelings which you feel at the companies and stuff, and kind of really acknowledging people's feelings, you know, when it comes to big corporations, or just uh, introvert type of things, and that sort sort of stuff. And they were quite big. And they really kind of sparked this idea in me that, hey, you don't really always need to create these illustrations, which is like value based, you know, let's explain ideas, let's give you some productivity tip, let's give like, some sort of like other type of of idea value or nugget of wisdom but they gave me this idea that hey like acknowledging people's feelings you know without providing any like hey do this do this here's five steps how to do that it's extremely valuable you know and I was I had this big bag of ideas and big bag of experience of four years failing as a creator kind of failing you know just not gaining any progress so kind of my theme really started with like creative struggles. That was like I think majority of my content, and it resonated really well because like a lot of creators really resonated with that. Their feelings were acknowledged. You know, I had a bunch of content to
1: create in that regard, and that's kind of how things kicked off for me. Yeah, you bring an interesting point about the coming up with the ideas. That that's where where I think when I'm looking at your content is like how this guy comes up with this stuff so consistently all the time so can you please share some secret i think one one thing which i always say to people is like you need
0: to tune up your awareness a bit when you go about your day because like when you read stuff you know when we have this conversation there is something which 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 can spark some sort of idea or whatever you know you read a quote or you read a book and you read like you listen to an interesting idea and that reminds of some sort of experience you had or you sit at computer, you know, and you're just exhausted, you know, and maybe why I'm exhausted, you quickly type two-sentence idea on your notes. Like, main thing, I think there's two things, you need to tune up a bit your awareness, and the second thing is really to develop this habit of quick idea capture. You need to just capture ideas constantly because you will forget them, you know, if you, before the bed, you know, have an idea, don't write that idea down, in the morning that idea has gone, you can't remember it, I think it's just classic uh so so those are two main things you know and then after that of course you can read content do this and that and just there's a bunch of other like kind of triggers how to get ideas but i think two fundamental things is just you need to tune up your awareness a bit and kind of look for ideas when you go about your day and just have the habit of capturing it and then when i sit down to do my illustration you know i have just hundreds and thousands of notes i can scroll and just hey I i feel this that there is something here and then you just go and design that and publish it.
1: And that's that. I think uh, you're talking like a true artist, most artists, I think their best art comes from personal struggles and you had to go through those four years of being stuck or failures in order to to get you to that place. Um, Do you have any advice to people how to avoid that if they don't want to go through the four years of struggles or even three or even two, how would you speed up this process knowing now what you know? first thing I
0: think, which comes to mind, at least in my case, I have this phrase, stop justifying your own bullshit. I consider myself a bit as a naive optimist, you know, and and there are often these times where you just work on things which are very fun, very interesting to know. But deep down, you kind of know this, this, like there isn't market for it or people don't really care, you know, you share with your friends and none of your friends are really like interested in it. And I think there is a kind of a point where where you need to stop justifying a bit your own bullshit and look like at the big picture, you know, okay, whatever, what type of skill sets I need to 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 have this or that, you know, just not really try to shortcut everything, you know, because we are talking about this, you know, I had this four years of struggles and now it's kind of it's content it's stories it's it's uh, it's a place where i can get like interesting ideas and i think if you expect like results right away you just probably might be pretty disappointed because the results will not come as fast as you as you, as you want but if you look at it like hey okay you know i will maybe fail for a couple of months you know maybe a year but i'm developing stories you know
1: it's 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 my journey i will come on the other side You mentioned Jack Butcher and Visualize Value, and I actually saw you talking about uh, personal versus professional brand a little bit. And I wanted to get your insight on, um, so Jack Butcher, even though he has a personal brand, he grew as Visualize Value, right, with his visualizations. uh, And you decided to go with your name and your face. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: yeah it's it's an interesting conversation and i know a lot of a lot of creators kind of struggle with this and they can't really figure out which way they want to go and i and i don't think there is a right way how to do it but here's how i thought about it like i understand the value in a brand you know like you you are able maybe to sell it later on you know there's easy it's easier to kind of delegate things later down the line, you know, make a team behind you and stuff like that. You know, you can still make a team behind a personal brand as well, but it's easier kind of to move yourself out of a brand brand and kind of maybe start another thing or something like that. But when everything is tied to your personal brand, it may be a bit harder and uh, maybe later down the line it's just, uh, I don't know, it's it's harder to move yourself out of the business. Uh, How I thought about it, and why I went with personal brand, a lot of decisions when it comes to content creation, my like framework, which which I follow is, I kind of try to think what I like to see, how I like to, what type of content I like to engage, you know, why I buy certain things, why I click likes on certain things, why I engage with certain things. And what I realized is, like, I really like to connect with people instead of brands. If even if, like, you know, I think Jack Butcher has done a really good job of kind of integrating himself in the brand. And everybody understands mm-hmm. Visualize Value equals Jack Butcher. I think he did a really good job there. <clears throat> but personally, I just I just like to see faces. I like to buy from people. I like to engage with people. And that was kind of why I went with the personal brand. I thought, like... Okay, you know, let's imagine if this goes like crazy viral, I get like super insanely big, you know, whatever. Uh I don't know. It, it felt like it felt like it, it would still be doable because a lot of people are doing it, you know, whatever. James Clear, Mark Manson, you know, various extremely like all the YouTubers and whatnot, you know, there's loads of people who are doing it and and I just thought, you know, if, if they can do it, why not me if even if this goes like crazy big or whatever. Uh so that was kinda of the the framework. And it was I guess another point because I thought personal brand will bring results faster than a branded account. That was, I guess, another inflection mm-hmm. point, not inflection point, but thought pattern, which I had because like, I personally like to engage with people.
1: Did you have any, any fear regarding that? I think about one of your, I think one of your most um, popular visualizations actually is about, um, I want to do this, but I'm scared do it scared and i Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have a fear of showing themselves out there or their personal emotions uh, thoughts opinions um did you have any sort of reservations like that or it was quite natural for you well I think I still, I still do,
0: and it definitely, stro- it's definitely a stronger feeling at the beginning, and I believe most people feel that, you know, especially all the YouTubers who are just being extremely vulnerable, you know, by putting their faces out and whatnot even, especially if you're like whatever daily vlogger like Casey Neistat type of thing, you know, that's extremely hard to do, and I think to, to overcome those fears. In my case, you know, it wasn't that crazy because, to be honest, I don't share a lot of my personal stories. I don't share a lot of my like personal pictures. I just have my profile picture and I share these visuals, you know, and every now and then some sort of uh, ideas and stuff. And my content is not like super controversial or anything like that, you know, where I should fear some extreme criticism or something like that. So not really, you know, but
1: I think I'm in a pretty safe space. Are you trying to avoid controversial things? Because like controversy drives engagement. Everybody knows that. And some people do it on purpose, trying to, you know, find the, the place or post things that may spark discussions, even though if they don't agree with them or, or just the only reason why they do it. Are you trying on purpose to avoid controversial things? I believe yes. I believe yes, because I guess I don't like like being
0: in position, you know, and argue a lot. It's just not in my nature. I'm not a fan of it. So I don't really create content around it, you know, apart if it's something I really believe in strongly or something and I have a really good like understanding and I have clear like thoughts and my, you know, whatever self-philosophy about a certain idea, which I can like kind of argue about and I find it maybe enjoyable or whatever, that's maybe when I would do it, but I definitely don't do it for for sake of engagement or anything like that, Uh, no.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the platforms uh, that you have started with and continue. You have around I think, 50k followers on Twitter, 100k on Instagram. Where did it start? How did it grow? And which one, most importantly, is the more valuable one in terms of uh, revenue for you?
0: Yeah, I think in terms of revenue, I would say. Twitter, probably, but Instagram is pretty close as it's twice as big. When I I look at platforms like Twitter is, if you are not like into like politics and those type of things it's actually there's loads of business people and a lot of people hire through Twitter and I've get like loads of freelance opportunities through Twitter comparing to Instagram Um, and yeah a lot of gigs has came through Twitter even if the following there is kind of smaller but at the beginning it was bigger because I started with Twitter and the reason because I, oh, the reason why I started with it is just I enjoyed that platform more than I did Instagram it was just like kind of what again what do I like you know <laughs> and I and I went with that so I started with Twitter But early on I started to repurpose the content on Instagram and LinkedIn but it was like Twitter was my and I think still is my kind of priority uh, in terms that I engage the most like in comments and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Uh, but on Instagram and LinkedIn I just kind of repurposed the visual I think Instagram is a bit more as I said you know Twitter is a bit more like business-like and a lot of business vibes and hiring is going on there and it's just kind of more creators and doers, you know, and let's go and get stuff done. And that type of vibe is there. It's like almost being in some sort of like conference or whatever. And Instagram to me feels like it's more like a Netflix, you know, people really are just consuming content there. And a lot of it, it's they are just not interested to to do anything about it or just to maybe make a business or whatever. It's, it's mostly like entertainment and Netflix type of vibes there versus Twitter,
1: in my opinion. Um, all right. I, I wanted to ask about the freelance. You mentioned that a lot of gigs and opportunities opportunities came from Twitter. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your income streams? How diversified they are? They are how much comes from productization? The products that you sell, maybe a little bit about them, and how much from still from freelance. I was in a pretty good position because I went as a, I quit
0: my job at April of 2020. And I actually didn't plan to leave my job, but it was like, it was around when, when COVID happened and all the like lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. So we weren't going out much and stuff. And we saved up quite a bit of, quite a bit of money. So once I just sat down with my wife and we, 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 we talked about it and I was a bit like stressed in my work and like the visualizations a bit started to kick off, you know, some sort of freelance gig started to came in, even if I said no. Uh, at the beginning for them, but I had a good runway and I just decided to pull the plug because some sort of momentum started to happen with like my visualizations and as I said, like freelance gigs started to roll in, so I was in a good position in terms I was able to say no to a lot of opportunities that came in and I haven't worked actually on that much freelance gigs, but uh, but the ones I have worked has been like pretty like like big names, uh, good money and uh just really, really good gigs. So I was able to turn down a lot of them. And I have never seeked out a freelance gigs. It always just somebody oh, DMs you on Twitter. That's probably 70% how the like freelance gigs came. Hey, I like what you create, love your content. Can you do this for me or whatever, you know, for my book or something like that. Um yeah, Instagram has been I guess now it's growing because you know, Instagram is I have twice twice as much followers there versus versus Twitter, so some sort of gigs come from there as well, uh, but definitely less than uh, than Twitter. So don't underestimate Twitter. I think it's a pretty good platform to to get uh, to get work. And in terms of kind of revenue streams and where the money comes from, uh, it's uh, yeah. This year I made I think nearly or or precisely 100k in revenue, and like 65% of that was my Explain Ideas visually course and community sales, which is just one digital product I currently have.
1: And the rest was freelance. Okay, let's go back to the um, to the product that you mentioned, Uh, Explain Ideas visually. Can you talk us through the process of creating it? Uh, Was it something you had in mind from the very beginning? I know I will create my visualizations and then hopefully help other people do the same, or it was the demand from the people that wanted your help uh, in in their endeavors that you decided to create it? Well, when you create content and of course you have these
0: ideas in the back of your mind, you know, what type of products you could create, you know, a lot of ideas were like going around in my head and of course one of them was course but it was never like really strong desire to make it at, at the like at the beginning or 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 whatever uh, i was really just focusing on building my audience but uh, yeah luckily quite a few people asked me directly like can you teach me this like do you have a course i want to learn this how do you do this how you think about this so there was quite a quite a lot of demand to make to, to make a course and of course it's the best position you know any creator can be just when, when really people ask you to make something you know some sort
1: of demand is there do you have a strict strategy of like i'm going to post twice per week and then i'm going to plug my my course right underneath it or you expect people to uh just find the the course and the offer when they stumble upon it uh, i wish I wish it would be cool if people would just stumble upon it
0: and it would it uh, it would it would be all good and you don't need to sell at all. Uh, unfortunately, it's not always the case. Of course, a lot of sales come in like that, which people just discover Giannis. Oh, I like how he creates this. Hey, seems he's selling this, you know, whatever. Let's give it a try. Uh, but yeah you certainly need to sell i don't have a good strategy i think it's my it's my biggest weakest weakness at the moment and it's something i kind of try to get better at and try to figure out some sort of strategy i want to do this kind of hybrid model i want to do like main course content i want to deliver as a live in one specific week like you can you can you can consume it as a self paced course you know anytime join anytime you want but having this live week every month where I kind of deliver core concepts live with some Q&A and we have like meet and greet sessions that week, it's a nice incentive kind of to sell it. And it's a nice like incentive and a bit like more desire for people to join because of course people like to join these live events. They like cohort type of courses. So so that's one thing which I want to try because I kind of enjoy teaching live as well, but I think I will do it only for a year because showing up, every month live, you know, it's a bit, it's not the full on laptop lifestyle. It it, it requires okay. a bit more demand
1: from you, uh, as you need to show up live. How does the, the correlation between you posting and you selling looks like? So I understand that while you were growing significantly and quickly, the sales grew together with it. Did you notice that when you post a little bit less that the sales also drop? Uh, and what is the correlation between the two?
0: Uh, there is correlation, I would say mostly it is like when the engagement is high, when I'm active, when I'm posting daily, more sales will come in versus uh, when I'm not active, but you know, sometimes it still can be like something can go like extremely mega viral, and still it doesn't, if you don't promote it, it doesn't drive any sales, because again, it's like this this mm-hmm. consuming type of content, you know, where people are just enjoying my visual, just as they would with some sort of meme and it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody you know wants to jump in and learn how to do visuals you know Uh, not everybody want to do it but there certainly are some sort of correlation and of course you can drive more sales when you when you do these you know maybe some some sort of story type of threads you know where i explain a bit my journey and explain how i got here and then maybe you plug it at the end uh or you just give some nuggets about how to explain ideas visually, you know, and explain people why you don't need to be a designer to do this and give some examples and stuff like that. And then you pitch at the end, of course, that drives more sales than just
1: regular content, which I usually create. You mentioned an interesting thing that, uh, that I would like to go, uh, go back to. Um, you don't create your visuals specifically for people who want to create visuals, right? Uh, you, you, you do about creators and creator lifestyle in general uh or personal motivation productivity and things like that um and yet a lot of people just seeing you feel inspired uh to to do the same as you do uh do you think uh, how do you think about your audience like do you create specifically for people um that you hope would like to do what you do or you just mostly create for yourself actually and and the people just flock to you I do
0: create for myself uh like I really like this quote which maybe you have heard from Tim Urban who is like the author of Wait but why blog uh extremely popular blog uh, and he he draws these funny funny characters and he has like a famous TED talk about procrastination yeah. which you should go and watch if somebody haven't it's it's hilarious and so good yeah, it, it opened my eye on procrastination monster absolutely yeah it's it's really good and and he's kind of motto how he like creates content is that he imagines like a stadium full of tim urbans basically full stadium of himself and that is his audience he basically just tries to please himself and uh and uh and that's how like kind of he attracts similar type of people uh to to uh, as his readers and it's a similar approach i apply to my to myself as well i just create stuff i would like to consume I consume and learn about interesting things, which I'm interested in. So I share that stuff and I don't know, some people like it, some people don't. Uh, but at least I think this kind of, in some sense, guarantees that you will not burn out and you will not be in a bad place after a couple of years where you have created this facade, you know, and and tried to pretend uh-huh. that you're not who you really are or, or just share content which you're not passionate about. And just try to tailor it for for whatever likes or, or sales or whatever. Uh, I th- I think that's a path to, not not basically path to a great place. And uh, I think this approach is pretty good if you want to do this long term. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how I think about it. I like to apply this eighty twenty rule here. You know, 80% of the time, you know, whatever, you know, create what you really like, do the stuff you really enjoy, you know, okay, 20% of the like, you know, think about like, maybe some growth hacks or, you know, maybe what could resonate better or whatever, give Mm -hmm. yourself a place for that, that whatever type of try to engineer the growth or whatever, you know, but 80% of the time, you know, be yourself, do content you like, I, I think that's a good, good approach to have.
1: You said somewhere that you want to. Uh, I think it was one of your goals for this year, maybe that you want to bring more people into a creator economy. Um, so, how do you? How would you like to do it? How would you like to build a stadium of of Giannis's, basically?
0: Yeah, I think one of my, if I, <clears throat> you know, all companies have these mission statements and whatnot, and if I would have something like that, I, I, I guess I do have it like that, but it's just cringy to talk about these things. But, uh, but it's, but it's the truth. <laughs> I think uh, like my big aspirational goals with my work, what I want to do is just, yeah, bring more people into creative economy and open their eyes to personal development as well. Because I think those two things have been like one of the best things that have happened in my life. You know, one was when I discovered personal development, you know, with with like Tim Ferriss, you know, and then binging loads of other types of books and stuff like that. It's been just extremely fulfilling and motivating and I think have improved my life drastically. And it's the same with this creator economy type of thing or just 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 creating stuff just being being myself and reading and and writing and uh, creating these visuals it's extremely fulfilling regardless if you if you make it as a business or not and uh, yeah as those two things have been extremely fulfilling for me i kind of hope with my work to bring more people into those worlds and hope they will experience similar benefit as i have and how i plan to do it I don't know there's there's lots of different ways you know through my online content one thing which I will start work on this year is a coffee table book and I really hope to make a lot of a lot of these coffee table books which is basically you know just imagine a book uh, when you when you go to some company lobby or at your home something that is easy to pick up and it looks beautiful and then maybe on one side of page you know you have some sort of explanation or some quotes or something something and then on the other side, there's, there's my visual and, uh, and yeah, I think those type of books
1: could be kind of nice way. Maybe how random people could discover. So you're going into physical products now as well. Uh, that, that's a, that's quite a transition, isn't it? How do you, <laughs> you, are you comfortable in, uh, now printing and distributing? It's, uh, how do you go about expanding into that?
0: Yeah. Physical products is definitely something I kind of fear because, you know, the the leverage for digital products and the ease and everything, it's just so compelling to stick with digital products. Book is something I would like to do. It's, again, something I would like to have in my home. And I still don't know which route I will go. I'm actually, like, sending, uh, sending a mail to one publisher, Just to understand what they will bring to the table, what I need to bring to the table, what the economy is, like how all the deal is structured and so on. If I go with a publisher, which basically handles Mm -hmm. pretty much everything, you know, and and it's really you just collect your royalties and it's zero headache for me. But of course, those royalties are a lot, I think, less than if I go self-publishing route. So it's an interesting thing. I still don't know which route I will go because I think same as you know, with a lot of companies like Printful and whatnot, these print on demand type of things really accelerate and get better. So maybe self-publishing route could be sustainable as well, because I definitely don't want to deal like with, with, you know, all the like shipment, printing and all that sort of stuff. I want it to be completely delegated. I, I don't want to think about it at all, if it could be done really easily by going self-publishing route, I might consider that. If not, I could go with publishers. So we'll see. I, I really don't know. If you ask me next year about
1: this, I will have a lot more to say about this. Okay. We have a date for next year then to to, to talk about that and the progress that you've sure. made. But uh, you mentioned actually Printful and uh, print on demand in general. Um, I was surprised seeing how amazing your visualizations are, that there is not a store with a merge and new visualiz- visualizations on that merch all over the place. Why is that? I'm not sure if the ROI will be there,
0: so I'm not sure if I want to put in the effort of creating, uh, of creating it and putting it out to kind of validate that. There's just some other priorities which I which I'm prioritizing at the moment. I'm not sure. I, I guess I will test various okay. options, but there's just other priorities at the moment. Uh, that's why I'm
1: not not really doing it. I know you're moving to Spain, so that's, I guess, the big life priority. But in terms of your or business priorities, what would that be?
0: Yeah, I think in the in terms of business priorities, there's kind of three three big, maybe maybe four big goals which are, which I have in mind for this year. One is kind of to restructure and improve the Explain Ideas visually course and community and create this hybrid cohort type of experience for this year, uh, which I'm working on currently it's it's not that much work but but yeah that's kind of one thing then i have <clears throat> another another course in mind which could be called maybe creator fundamentals or something like that because this is again another inquiry which i get quite a lot is like hey janis how do you even think about this creator economy how do you how where where to start where to go how to how to think about this you know all these questions which which we have discussed in this podcast very basic stuff it could be just a simple, a, a, a very simple, very cheap course, I could I could probably put out just to capture those people uh, who want to learn from me about about this, this type of thing. So that's another course I would like to create this year. And third, third kind of big thing, which I'm which which I'm working on is the book as we as we discussed, well, not really currently working on but kind of thinking about it and gathering some content and then just talking about trying to decide, do I go self-publishing route or or, or with a publisher. So a book is another thing. And the third thing, I'm kind of trying to take newsletter more seriously and really to publish every every week, would love to grow my newsletter and kind of monetize that side of the business as well by having some sponsors and stuff like that, because it's a bit more predictable income, I would say. So it's nice to grow that channel as well. And I'm kind of enjoying to send out those newsletters and those ideas and maybe elaborate on some concepts which I which I have, a, which I have created visuals for and maybe did a little one liner on Twitter, but
1: I would love to expand on it a bit more. So it's a nice medium where to kind of do that. How do you look at the value of an email subscriber versus a Twitter follower or Instagram follower? From um, on one hand, you have in email, uh, an actual contact, an actual person that you can reach out to. On the other, the scale is always much lower than on social media. Um, How do you look at that, at the value of those? It was pretty recent
0: when I started to take it more seriously. And I've been just kind of quite consistent with sending it out every week. But I have not done like any, you know, very hard promotions, send out to my list. Hey, Uh I made this, you can buy it here and then kind of see the results of that. Uh, But what I can tell is, you know, of course, it's it's a lot different because if things don't go like viral on Instagram, on Twitter, a very, very, very small portion of my followers will see that. But kind of with newsletter, I can expect if I currently have nearly 6,000 followers with roughly 50-55% open rate, I pretty much know that kind of half of those people will see the thing which I will send them and they have put their email address in, and they have not unsubscribed, so kind of, they are quite warm people towards me, so I think it's a wonderful medium, I still have a lot to like kind of explore there, and I really like to engage like with people there as well, sometimes people kind of reply, and we just have back and forward chat, and talk about interesting things, and some ideas come from there as well, so it's a really nice, uh, nice medium, but I think you, if you create something like that, you need to figure out a way how to, again, make it sustainable for you. I have this ideas newsletter, and my format is kind of, I share with you a couple of short ideas every, every week. You know, it might be one, it might be two, it might be four, it might be five. And it gives me kind of the flexibility to kind of be consistent, but not overwhelm myself. You know, if I have more time on my hands, and if I, if I have a lot to say, I can send like more ideas and elaborate more on them. And sometimes I will just share something super simple, like I did last uh, last newsletter, where I basically sent two ideas, which took me like thirty minutes to make. But still, those were like interesting ideas, and a
1: lot of people replied, "Hey, this was super helpful and stuff." Um, I actually uh, have one more question to you, but it's part of uh, our quick fire round. You know those uh, couple questions, fast answers. Yep. Are you up for that? <laughs> sure, let's do it. All right, so let's start. Let's start with this one: team player or lone wolf. Lone Wolf. Take risks or carefully calculate? Leaning towards taking risks. Okay, mobile or desktop? Uh, Desktop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who inspires you most? There's two things I want to say. I want to really say like mentors and people from like all these books, you know, all the Tim Ferrisses of the world, but at the same time just Uh, my my peers you know people who created me people from my course who kind of get results and stuff that's very motivating to see as well and kind of cheer them on and yeah there's two two answers here What profession other than your own would you like to attempt
1: Uh, something around downhill mountain biking instructor for kids (laughs) nice what is an underappreciated business tool that you couldn't live without still phone you know most of us Waste our time
0: there, but it can be actually like a tool for videos and taking notes and whatnot, and you can pretty much run your business from phone these days. What's your productivity life hack? Make it enjoyable. Do what you like. And what does success mean to you? Success to me means when I live and when I craft my life like according to my values. You probably should create some sort of intention. How you want to kind of live your life, how you want your life to be, what you want to do, and if you like accomplish that, I think that is that is well lived. But uh, definitely, you need to create your own recipe for success. Don't don't uh, follow
1: somebody else's. Keeping that in mind, do you feel successful right now? Are you there already, or are you just on the pathway? I'm 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 on the pathway, but definitely
0: I would say seventy percent there, maybe even eighty percent. I think it's just. I really feel the power of the hedonic treadmill, you know, which is like if you would give what I have currently, Giannis, two three years ago, I would just shit in my pants and be like, "Holy shit, you made it, dude! You made it! <laughs> this is awesome!" But when you <laughs> kind of just experience this progress over time, you always kind of you have some more desires and more things you wanna 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 do and accomplish, and uh, some sort of lifestyle upgrade you wanna do, but. No, I, I should be more grateful. I think I'm 80% there and feeling super lucky and blessed. And thank you everybody for the support who's, who's
1: listening, who's, who's, who's following me and cheering me on. All right. Then I congratulate you very warmly for the 80% because I think that's an amazing number and, but I still wish you this 20. Uh. You know maybe maybe you shouldn't feel actually this to any because who wants to be 100% happy 100% successful and then what Exactly so, exactly so maybe we should always have this margin right uh, that to to, yeah. to go after for sure that's a good mindset to have All right thank you so much i think it was it was really it was really valuable and inspirational uh, to me and to others so thanks a lot for joining thank you it was really fun Even with a 9 to 5 and a family to support you can still learn new skills and learn how to monetize them. And frankly, talking with all those awesome creators, I feel like I'm building my own career 2.0. So please join me next week when we learn from another amazing creative entrepreneur. Take care.